Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 138 of my 60 music podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. First of all, I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 138 of my 60 Music Podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or in Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, and we will play music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is this? I'm going to give you a brief description of what the show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 25-year-old songwriter, sauce producer, but I'm also a huge 60 Music fan slash expert slash nerd. Easy to get this podcast to take one song by one artist in the 60s and split the show in two parts. First part of the show to talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks and do my own personal analysis on the range of the song, which will include the chords, million lyrics, and the second part of the show dig deep into the history behind that track. In that part of the show, talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what studio the song was recorded at, who the musicians in the track, or it be the studio musicians or band members themselves. And uh, I also talk about the history behind the songwriters that wrote the song and the producer that produced it and the studio the song was recorded at. And also, I talk about uh, the, the history behind the label the song was released on, where that label is located at, and, and, the, and the studio the song was recorded at, where that studio is located at. And the peak position of the song made up originally in the Billboard Hot 100 charts first, when it first came out, the year and month the song was released, and the history behind the artists that recorded it. All that is in the second part of the show. Now, before we move on this week's episode of the podcast, I have a very exciting announcement for you guys. Um, now, this isn't going on Instagram. This is only for you guys because my podcast is about to, you know, evolve. It's about to change for the first time, really. Uh, you know, three years later and over 100 episodes later, I'm finally going to get some forward movement with this podcast. Well, basically what has happened is that I had a meeting with the heads of uh, Pantheon, which is um, a podcast production company that uh, I basically was kind of telling you guys about recently. Um, But they're a production company that specializes in putting out rock history podcasts. And uh, they offered to take my podcast on as one of their one of their shows that they you know manage and they promote and um, basically they offered to move my podcast to their hosting service and pay for my hosting and on top of that they offered seventy percent of ad revenue uh, for and you know, for each sponsorship they can get me and. When I was having a meeting with these guys this week, they sound it sounded like they had a lot of connections to companies, uh, you know that you know they can get my podcast sponsored, which is incredible because for the first time ever, I will be doing this on a professional level. I won't be doing this for free anymore, which is really really cool, um, you know. So I'm very very excited to see what happens with this. Um, the only thing that it, it hasn't happened yet because they won't start. Um, you know, including new podcasts onto the roster until June 8th. So right now I'm waiting for them to send me a contract because they said they would. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm waiting on. And I'm also waiting on instructions as to how I can safely move 
my podcast to their hosting platform without losing any of my current analytics information because they said they would show me how to do that as well. So very, very excited for this. Um, I've been doing this show for three years now. And uh, so far, it has grown as far as listenership is concerned, but uh, it's been staying in the same place for a while in the sense that I've been doing it, doing this all for free for quite some time, and I still haven't gotten paid for it. Well, that's all about to change really, really soon, and I'm very, very excited to finally get to this point after, you know, three years of me doing this show and putting so much, you know, work and time into it. And uh, I'm very, very excited that now, um, you know, I'm going to be with the big boys, (laughs) you know. So um, I'll keep you guys updated when my show is with the Pantheon Podcast Network. Um, But for right now, things are as they are, but things will definitely change soon. So it's very, very cool. Also, my EP is coming out this Friday, um, you know, May 28th. You still got time to pre-save it. The link to that is in the description of this episode of this podcast. Please go do that. Would really appreciate it if you can do that. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, this 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 Memorial Day weekend, which is next weekend, uh, it's going to be really, really cool because you guys will probably not be in quarantine. You guys will probably be out uh, vacationing, you know, if you live in America and you want to, you know, go out and, uh, you know, have a good time next weekend, you know, over the holiday weekend. And you guys are stuck in your car and you need some new music to listen to. Well, there you go. You can listen to my EP. Um, you know, it would really, really be cool if you guys could do that. Um, because, you know, it really mean a lot to me that you guys support me in more ways than one. Just not just by listening to this podcast, but also listening to my music as well. You know, because that showcases a totally different side of me that I really want you guys to see for yourself. Um, you know, cause I, on there I'm talking more about personal relationship stuff, which I kind of keep off here for the most part, unless the song kind of relates to my life specifically, but, um, it's a really, really, really excited for what's to come with this podcast, joining the Pantheon network. And, uh, let's get on with this week's show. Moving on. Let's get started in this week's song, shall we? Okay. So, um, this week, uh, it's funny because normally what I do with this podcast is that, I go from early 60s to mid 60s and late 60s and then kind of jump back into the early 60s. And I thought, well, since we're kind of at the end of the, you know, the beginning of the cycle again, let's kind of go to the early 60s again. Um, And this week I'm doing a song by an artist that had an interesting sound for his time. Um and his sound was dark, very, very dark. Um, a lot of his songs, you know, were about things in certain situations that were very, very not uh, happy situations at all. Um, you know, very, very depressing, actually. Um, and it leads me to thinking that his life was very much like this. You know, because he did, you know, suffer from depression, anxiety, and he did later on, uh, you know, take his own life when he was, you know, uh, older, per se. Um, But it's interesting to sort of listen to his songs because unlike a lot of other early 60s, uh, you know, musicians, you know, or solo artists, 
who a lot of times didn't even write their own songs. Um, I feel like his his particular songs, uh, you know, had a had had a very much a personal touch to them. You know, so when you listen to his songs, you you might you might be getting a a very good sort of idea for what his personal life was like. So that's something to keep in mind when you listen to a lot of his tracks. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going to, pl- you know, this song that I'm doing this week, it has, again, a classic sort of, uh, you know, um, tale that has been told in a bunch of different songs, uh, you know, within the last, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, and uh, it's something, again, c- could happen to you in 2021, you know, if you're a millennial, you know, because there, you know, the scenario that's happening in this song is something that is very, very relatable. Not, it's not something everyone kind of goes through, but a lot of people do go through this, and uh, it's one of those songs that's. It's also really cool musically too, not just for its chord progression, but also for its instrumentation, because it's got some really neat things about it that are cool instrumentation-wise as well. But anyways, um, I'm going to dive into the song and I'm going to explain what is it about it that's so interesting musically and lyrically, but let me introduce you to the song first. Okay, so the song came out in September 1961. It's by an artist named Del Shannon. The name of the song is called Hats Off to Larry. Once I had a pretty girl, her name it doesn't matter. She went away with another guy, now he won't even look at her. crap does that song pack a punch or what i mean it really grabs your attention when you listen to it i mean it just like it sucks you right in as soon as that song kicks in as soon as the intro happens it's just like whoa damn that's just like it it hits you with a ton of bricks it really does okay so like i like i said earlier i'm going to talk about makes a song so cool musically and lyrically but first let's get into the song's music Okay, so what makes this song so cool, musically mainly, is with two things. It's with the chord progression, and it's with the instrumentation. But let's start with the chord progression. Because even though the song doesn't utilize a lot of my favorite chords in music of all time, like the major 7 and minor 7 chords, there's nothing but triads here. Um, The one thing that makes this song really, really cool, and what makes it kind of stand out, especially for other songs from this time is is, is, is is its flirtation with, you know, the major key and the minor key that the song is in. Because the song is in B, but it it moves around a lot between B major and B minor as far as the key signature of the song is in. Like, for example, when, when you first hear, th- when the song starts out, it starts out with um, that really kind of cliche, classic, you know, flamenco guitar, you know, Latino chord progression, that minor chord progression that you often think of when you think of like bulls fighting and, you know, that sort of thing. In fact, the song has a lot of Latin influences because that's a common thing with Latin music, you know, specifically, you know, 
Mexican music from that time was that flirtation with the the major and the minor keys. Um, that's a very common Mexican thing that was, you know, you know, and a lot of these uh, chord, you know, chord tricks they use in the song are also very common with a lot of, you know, Latin music as well. Um, but what I'm trying to, one of the point I'm trying to make is that like in the beginning, right, you hear that the song starts out with, you know, the, the one minor, the sixth, seven major, the sixth major and the five major. And you hear that and you're like, okay, I get it. And then basically after that, it does something really, really cool. It actually does a one major, three minor, four major, four minor. And you're like, whoa, that was unexpected because, you know, you hear that and you're like, that's that's kind of interesting. You got you got that little uh, modal interchange happening when you use that four minor. And then the other cool part about this song is that you know, that's one part, but then you hear that augmented chord in the one augmented, you know, after that, you know, before it goes to the four, four major, four minor again, you're like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I wasn't really expecting that. And that one augmented, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Because that, because, you know, it, it gives that, that chord rushing kind of gives the song a sense of urgency. And, even though this part of the song is major, it still sounds kind of dark, actually. You know, even though it's got that, you know, that major chord progression thing going on with it. And uh, also, another cool part about this song is that is in the bridge, you know, this, this is also kind of cool because this is when it flirts with the minor again because it, uh, it, it does this really cool thing where you hear the F-sharp major and then you hear G and then you hear A, and you know, and then you hear D, and then you're like, "Whoa, you're 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 flirting with uh with with B minor again," because in in uh, in B minor, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, D is the three, and then G and A are the six and the seven, and then you hear the F sharp major, which is the five, in in B major, and you're like, "Whoa, what's happening?" Because that's that sounds pretty modal, actually. When you hear that, when you hear that bridge, and you hear him kind of sneaking a B minor again, and then after that, after that chord progression ends, they go back into uh, B major with that one major, uh, three minor, and then four major, four minor, and then basically they kind of go back to that one major, one augmented, and then four major, four minor, and then you know, and then the song kind of repeats itself, but then. And then it goes into that that cliche, you know, that 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 one minor, seven major, six major, six five major again. It, it does that does that Latin sort of Spanish progression again, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's just it's interesting how the song. And then it goes back into that, and, and it goes back into that same progression again, you know, with with it goes into B major. So. The whole time the song kind of goes from B major to B minor and you're like, whoa, what's happening here? You know, because normally with key changes, it's a lot. A lot of times it's like you go up from you go up a whole step, but you're still in a major key, you know, or if you're in a minor key, you go up a whole step and you're in a minor key again. Um, but it's weird kind of going from the tonic. You kind of go from that to the tonic major and then you're going to the tonic minor and then you're like, whoa, that's very, very strange. But but it definitely gives a song a sense of urgency, like a sense of intensity happening when 
the song you know modulates you know from the tonic major the tonic minor it's like that's just whoa that's totally left field and totally different very much different from a lot of the other songs around this time because a lot of the other stuff that you was being played on the radio you know they did key changes but again it was one it was from a major key to another major key um you know and it was just it was you know or it was like 12 bar blues or you know one six four five or one six two five so this song definitely stood out at the time you know for having a very unique uh chord change um or chord progression so it's a really really cool song um you know, I, I, I love it personally because it just sounds so intense and so like it, it's almost and it's almost kind of like you're watching a really good movie because it's just so like, you know, it's with a bunch of fight scenes happening. That's that's what the song kind of feels like. And especially in the intro where it kind of starts out slow, it kind of builds up. And, and by the way, you have that. I've talked about this before on my podcast, but you've got that Gershwin-esque. Um, you know, the opening verse, which is something a lot of Tim Pennelly songs had back in the 30s and 40s. Well, here you have it again with this song. You know, I've talked about that before in my podcast, but that was a staple in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, songwriting back in the 30s and 40s. Well, here you have it again with a song um, with uh, Del Shannon. And uh, also, on, on a side note, other cool part about this song is the instrumentation. Because... You know, it, it really, it really, really sounds urgent because, you know, the probably the most intense part about the song is the Barry Sax because the Barry Sax gives a song this grunt, this sort of like, you know, I'm I'm like really it has kind of an angry sound to it, you know, because this song kind of has, uh, you know, there's a lot of different emotions mixed with the song lyrically. And the, the instrumentation of the song perfectly matches that because you've got this angry sounding Barry Sachs. And then you've got this sort of like out of left field, totally weird sounding uh, synthesizer instrument. And if you're wondering what that is, that is a Clavillon Musitron. It is a it is a uh, it's an early version of a synthesizer. and It was actually invented by the guy who played keyboards on the song. And uh, he invented it, and he played it on this record, and it sounds totally just weird and also very, again, very intense and very almost kind of like scary, you know. Um, and it, it, the song definitely has those kind of vibes, especially when it, when it breaks into that solo section. You're like, whoa. Didn't that, it, this song, that definitely caught me off guard, that's for sure. And that's that's the kind of, and I think that was kind of their point with this song, is that they wanted to create such intensity with the song, you know, and the, and the Barry Sax and, and that organ definitely do it, you know. And it's just, it's one of the, and also, you know, another really cool part about this song is when he goes into the falsetto lead vocal, you know, once you kind of get into, um, you know, the towards the end of, I guess you'd say the chorus. Because, um, again, this song has a pretty weird structure. You've got the opening verse, but then it goes straight into the chorus. And then and then it kind of goes into the bridge. And then you hear another chorus, but the lyrics are different this time. And you're like, hmm, this is just strange. I guess I guess that that part you know, when he kind of goes into the falsetto, I guess you can call it the chorus, but then it goes into the solo section and then that last part repeats and then you're out. 
and yeah, here that's the other thing about the song is that it's very, very quick too. It's only like a minute and fifty eight seconds, which is like, whoa, that's quick, you know. Because you, I, I bet if you're someone who's been listening to a lot of, you know, modern songs in the past like five years, you're probably not used to hearing songs that go by that fast. But this one does, and I've explained to you guys exactly why songs were so short by then, back then, because you know radio stations wouldn't play songs over three minutes. You know, so every song had to be under three minutes of length because radio stations wouldn't play songs or three minutes. Also, you couldn't you could only fit so much mu- so much music on a single side of a 45 before you had to flip it over, um, you know, and basically um, put more music on the other side. Um, but for the most part, stations wouldn't play songs under oh, that were over three minutes. So you had to keep it under three minutes back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like. It's just, it's fascinating how a song can go by so quickly, but sound so intense, especially when it kind of gets the end, when things kind of speed up and you hear the organ kind of go nuts and you hear that, you hear the, uh, and also the drums kind of do a good job of, you know, of, of amping up the intensity along the organ and the berry sax because they really sort of, you know, they really sort of take charge with this record too. And you can hear the guitar pretty well in that intro. I, I like how it starts out with the guitar and then it kind of builds up with the Barry sax, you know, and then you hear the organ come in. You're like, whoa, that really, really flew me through a loop. OK, so now I'm going to talk about what makes this song so cool lyrically. OK, so one sort of interesting sort of subgenre in the love song category. And this and the reason why this again, the reason why this subgenre exists, because it's very, very relatable. And a lot of people have gone through this. And again, this is something I haven't personally gone through, but I'm sure you have. And that is the sort of spiteful revenge uh, breakup song. And uh, there's there's been a lot of songs that utilize this plot dynamic, but it's so, you know, classic. And it's been used in a million different songs because it's very relatable. And it's that plot dynamic where you get into a relationship with someone and then you find out they're a piece of crap and then you break up with them. And then you hope that the next person that they see does the same thing to them that they did to you, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's uh, it's and then what happens is that that's exactly what happens. You know, you know, you date someone and then you find out they're a horrible person and then you break up with them. And then what happens is that the next person they date is also just as bad, if not worse than them. And they get their heart broken and stomped on. You're like, ha ha. You know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's like it's uh, it's it's I hate to say it, but I told you so. And things kind of go full circle and what goes around comes back around, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, this song perfect is the perfect example of that. And anybody who has been in this particular situation will be able to relate to that sort of thing, you know. And and look, even though it's it's kind of unhealthy to wish bad on anybody, really, I'm sure if you've been through a toxic relationship or a bad one, you, and and or you know, and and you know, and they decide to end it with you, you you kind of in in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, well, I hope someone or teaches them a lesson, and I hope that. You know, they, you know, they, you know, bad karma gets to them because, you know, uh, that's, that's the way the world works. You know, <laughs> what goes around comes back around and, you know, and this song is kind of a good example of that because he's basically saying, hey, 
you know, like, you know, you, you know, you, you did me wrong. And now, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're finally paying for it. And here, and you know, it's, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's again, a, it's a very specific situation that not everybody has gone through personally, because I'm sure that if you are in a relationship, maybe your, your girlfriend or boyfriend is fine. And, you know, they're not, you know, you don't wish anything bad on them, but maybe, if they're not good, then, you know, and you just, and things end and things end between you and your significant other, maybe this is the case then, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it's sort of natural, you know, for, if you don't like someone for, for them to, for you to not want good things to happen to them, you know, but, um, this is, and that's, and this is, this song is a good example of that, but again, uh, this could happen in 2021 doesn't have to be, you know, even though the song's 60 years old, it does, this could be about something that could happen, you know, to you and you could be a millennial and you, you could be like, or a Gen Z person even, you know, so you could be someone that is a young person and you can definitely be able to relate to the song. So it's not just for the baby boomer audience. Cause this is something that could definitely happen to you. And <laughs> it's funny, but you know, sometimes there's certain lyrical, lyrical things that kind of contradict, you know, what's going on in this song. And this is a good example of that because in the bridge, um, you know, he's like, I, I want you back, even though, you know, you told me lies and you broke my heart. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're happy that, you know, your your girl got, you know, got, uh, you know, cheated on by, you know, her, her new boyfriend. And now you want her back that's weird. That's strange. Um, and you know, it's funny cause it's like those, those things are left there and a lot. And the, most of the time they're left there with no real explanation as to why those lyrics are there. It just is what it is. Um, you know, and, uh, in, in a, in a perfect world, I would ask the, the songwriter who wrote this song, like, Hey, why did you put that lyric there? Cause it makes absolutely no sense. But, you know, he's been gone for a long time now, so uh, I unfortunately can't do that um, unless I try to pull out a Ouija board and try to learn how to use that. But again, that's a little uh, I, I don't think I would want to do that. But, yeah, um, you know, so again, uh, you know, this this song uh, is really uh, a really powerful one because uh, it you know, it, it's a very bold lyric and it's also. Um, even it's also like relatable because again, this could be something, this could be something that could happen to you. You know, if you're a millennial, um, it doesn't have to, it's not necessarily strictly just for the baby boomer audience only. Um, and yeah, and by the way, I don't know who Larry is. I don't. So, but I'm, I'm thinking that it might've been a real person because the way he sings the song, right? He, cause he wrote the song, right? The guy who's singing it. He's, it sounds like it's he's talking about someone real and he's talking about a real experience. He's not trying to, uh, you know, he's not speaking about something that is made up. Well, um, that's probably true. You know, he probably did, you know, speak from experience about this song. And by the way, and there, before I end this podcast, I want to just make one quick musical note uh, before I end it. Um, actually, too. Uh, that you know the synthesizer in the song you know it's it's a very early version of it so it was kind of before we even have like mainstream uh you know uh polyphonic sense it was way before that and it was 
really early technology as far as, you know, development of electronic music, you know, 1961, 60 years ago. And on top of that, the music in this song, it, it sounds kind of beatly because you can kind of hear, you know, sort of Lennon McCartney esque sort of, um, uh, you know, characteristics about the song's chord progression, um, you know, because they, you know, because the Beatles kind of did this, did the same thing where they experimented with flirting with the major key and the minor key in the song, and uh, you know, changing from going from back and forth, and uh, and that's a really cool example of that, you know, or this is a really cool example of that. Um, so yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so that kind of concludes uh, this week's episode. So that concludes part one of episode number 138 of May 60 Music Podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if you like my analysis in this week's song, and you're like, whoa, I never heard this song before. I never even heard this artist, but I'd love to find out more about him, and I definitely like this song. And you're millennial and you're around my age, uh, definitely email me at samltwilliatiCloud.com, or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at iHeartOldies. And check out more of my original music at samlinesmusic.net. Now, the links that are in the description of this episode of this podcast, for those of you who uh, don't know, are the links to pre-save my upcoming EP, which is coming out this Friday, the 28th, and the links to uh, to, to, to the last uh, three singles that I put out. Um, you can Links to where you can stream them on whatever streaming service you use. Um, there's a there's a lot of places where you can stream my music and you know and basically uh the the links to those are in the description of this episode of this podcast and uh the link to the last interview i did with hawk magazine that's on there too um you know also you can check out uh the official spotify and youtube playlist for this podcast there you'll be able to find all the songs i've talked about on the show so far including the ones i mentioned in interview episodes well, love if you guys could listen to my music because that really is a different part of myself um, because you're going to hear the songwriter aspect of me and my perspective on relationships and you're going to hear me as a musician because I'm playing on a lot of these songs too. I'm actually playing most instruments on all of them. So I'm very, very excited for you guys to hear me as a musician as well as a songwriter. Really, really, really want you guys to hear that. Um also, check out my Spotify and YouTube playlist if you want to hear the songs I've talked about on my show so far. Um, would love if you guys could do that, um, you know, because I don't play the full song with these uh, with these episodes of this podcast that I do when I talk about a song each week. So, um, if you guys want to hear more of uh, the song, then you know, go to those uh, playlists, and you'll basically get to hear. Um, you know, the um, the the songs I've talked about on my show so far, including some ones I mentioned in interview episodes. And you'll get a good idea for the kind of music I talk about on my show so far. And you'll get to hear the full-length versions, too. So um, if listening to those playlists gives you any ideas for the kind of songs I should talk about next time on my podcast and I haven't yet, please email those ideas to me at samltwilliaicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram, iheartoldies, too. And, uh, yeah, I would love it if you guys could do that. Um, and you also... Check out more of my original music at samlinesmusic.net. Um, also, another good thing you can do is that you can, if you want to support my podcast a little bit further, other than just by listening to it, you can head over to my official Redbubble merch store for this podcast, and the link to that is in the description of this episode of this podcast. And you'll see the super cool logo that is specific to this podcast, and it's 
the catchphrase I say at the end of every episode and keep on chucking time I want with the name of my podcast in the bottom. I would love it if you guys could, you know, at least check it out and let me know what you think of the logo itself, um, you know, plus the price of each item in the store. We really appreciate it if you guys could do that. Um, you know, if you, I would love your feedback on the price of each item in the store and the logo because, you know, I mean, I'm probably not going to change the logo, but I can definitely change the prices of the store if they're too expensive. Um, you know, but if you purchase something from there, it'll get shipped directly to you. So that's really cool. Um, you know, so it'll, I think they ship, uh, you know, nationally in the United States. I'm not sure about internationally, but, um, you know, but if you're listening to the show in the U.S. and you want to, you know, support it more, then definitely go check out the official Redbubble merch store for this podcast. I'd love if you guys could do that. Um, but yeah, so very, very excited to the future of this podcast with Pantheon um, because it will be something that uh, it will be the next level for my podcast. It'll be the progression of it. It'll be something that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get paid for instead of just doing it for free, which I have been since episode one of this podcast. So um, but yeah, so very, very excited to see what's to come with that. So. I'm Sam Williams, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. The Millennial Throwback Machine. Until next week, please. Keep things grouped.